Support for IPR comes from Des Moines Metro Opera, whose 2024 season features The Barber of Seville, Zalame, Peleus and Melisande, and American Apollo, June 28th through July 21st. Tickets available now at DesMoinesMetroOpera.org. It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. Today is Horticulture Day. I'm Charity Nebbe. It is gift-giving season, and even though it's not the growing season, diehard gardeners and plant lovers still appreciate gardening gifts. Our horticulture experts have put together their lists of wishes and greatest hits. To start us off, Aaron Style is here, Iowa State University Extension Horticulture Specialist. Hello, Aaron. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. And so putting together a list of suggestions, does it double as your wish list to share with those in your life? (laughs) Maybe a little bit, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I know that the first category on your list is, it's a perennial category, but I think it's a really Mm -hmm. important one. And that is tools. Because I think a lot of us, when we go to buy tools for ourselves, we think, oh, we can't splurge on that really nice whatever it is. Yeah, it can be hard because nice tools are are great investments, but sometimes it's a little hard to make that investment. So as a gift, it's wonderful to receive because uh, it's like somebody else made the decision to make a good investment for you. So it's nice to get a tool. Plus, they're probably one of the easiest things to find on the list. So Sure, they're st- they are in the store. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, and you also have some tools that if you're looking for something small or inexpensive or, I don't know, something kind of like a stocking stuffer, you have some ideas for those as well. So let's, let's start with some of the simpler ideas. What yeah. do you suggest? Well, uh, uh, most gardeners, if they're wearing gardening gloves, will wear them out. So gardening gloves are always a welcome addition. Um, Nice, well-fitting, well-made gardening gloves um, can be a great kind of, yeah, like a stocking stuffer, something smaller um, to give to a gardener because they'll They'll, they'll need it eventually. Even if they already have a pair of gloves, eventually they'll need a new Right. Pair. They're going to wear those out. They're going to lose them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dog is going to take one. Probably, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> All right. So gloves. What else? Yeah. Um, I This one doesn't fit in a stocking, but one of the best tools that I've gotten uh, in the last couple of years has actually been a large, lightweight tub. Um, so it's wonderful because I can use it for a lot of different things. So this is about the size, maybe a little bit larger than a laundry tub. It's uh, easy to carry around, and it's great like when I'm weeding or if I need to uh, divide and transplant something. It's great for carrying stuff around in. Um, it's awesome for getting small loads of like mulch or compost to a, a specific area. It just has become a real wonderful and really simple tool to have uh, in the garden. Interesting. And were you um, as enthusiastic about it when you got it? Oh, yeah. No, I was very excited to get it. (laughs) (laughs) I could imagine giving someone um, an empty tub and maybe them not being all that excited about it, right? (laughs) Maybe. But uh, what's nice about it is it's it's made for this kind of application. So it's not just a plastic tub. It's it's durable and um, has really well-connected, really well-made handles for carrying stuff around in. All right. Anything else? Um, of course, um, I always enjoy a nice watering wand, especially one that has a local shutoff. So one that's like right at the base of the handle to make watering really easy. I like the ones that are longer, so that are more like 30 or 36 inches in length so that uh, it's easy to reach both down and up when I'm watering things. So uh, that's always a welcomed gift, too. 
All right. And we talk about this every year, but I think that it's important to talk about it. Um, a good soil <laughs> knife is one of yes. your favorites. So tell me, tell me what makes this soil knife so special and how to find the right one. Yeah, the, just something that's nice and durable. What's nice about these is that they kind of serve multiple functions. So you can use it like a trowel because uh, it has a nice broad kind of blade on it. It's also really great for dividing plants because it has both a kind of a sharp and many of them have kind of a serrated side to them. And so it makes it really easy to kind of cut through like a clump of daylily or something like that when you're when you're dividing uh, plants. I really like it for planting and I also really like it for weeding, especially if I got really big weeds to pull out. Um, it's, it's really nice. So it digs, it kind of cuts, although it's not the you wouldn't prune with it or anything, but it's it digs and it cuts and it's and they're usually really sturdy, unlike a trowel, which sometimes bends where the handle meets the meets the um, kind of scooper blade. Right. Uh, this doesn't do that. So it's really right. nice. Do you need it like a sheath so you can wear it on your belt? Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> you can get a sheath for it, too. That's really nice. I know Cindy really enjoys uh, a good uh, sorry, uh, soil knife, too. Sometimes they're called hori hori knives, which is a lot of fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy Haynes. Welcome. Cindy Haynes is a professor of horticulture at Iowa State University. And Cindy, we've already talked about gardening gloves, but there are a number of other items of apparel that could make great gifts, right? Sure. Gardening hats are really, um, really good and they can help be helpful and help protect you. Um, other apparel, I'm, I have a lot of master gardener friends who like to wear little aprons, e- even just to kind of keep their the rest of their clothes uh Fairly clean and neat. I suppose it also kind of doubles as a utility belt if it's got lots of pockets, right? If it's got lots of pockets so you can put that um, hoary-hoary knife or uh, (laughs) something else in it. Uh, And then good good shoes or clogs or something so you can muck around in them and then you leave them outside and you don't track mud in. Hint, hint to my husband. (laughs) (laughs) You know, behavior changes are something that it's hard to give. Cindy, I don't think you can put those on the list. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Those are a few things. I also know that you're a big fan of kneeling pads. I do. I love the kneeling pads. And there's all different kinds that kind of turn into a seat and then just kind of the ones that lay on the ground. Um, I go through a lot of kneeling pads because of my dog. Um, But I love them and even pieces of them. Um, because I'm usually on the ground on my knees, kind of doing things, planting, weeding, uh, whatever. All right. And Erin, uh, I, I just learned that you and I share a weakness for novelty t-shirts. So oh, I know. Tell me, tell <laughs> me more so, about this. You know, I've noticed this recently that there have been a lot of novelty t-shirts mm-hmm. related to gardening out there. You know, they usually say something quirky like, you know, I wet my plants or mm-hmm. um, it's not hoarding if it's plants, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So uh, those can be fun, especially for uh, the new gardener or the newly passionate about it gardener that might be in your life because uh, it can be a way for them to start up conversations. <laughs> All right. And <laughs> do you wear them out and about? That's how you make your friends? I get <laughs> Yeah, you know, sometimes. It certainly says something about you right away when people see it. And, it's, and it's a very positive message. So. <laughs> it is. It is a very, very positive <laughs> message. Um, all right. Of course, the gardening calendar, which uh, you heard us talk about a lot during the recent membership drive. But the Iowa State University Extension gardening calendar always makes the list. And it is it's beautiful and always informative. And Erin, uh, I know you're sort of responsible for it. So I'll let Cindy talk about how much she likes it. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a nice calendar um, this year, and it is informative. Uh, we try to make it educational every year. This year it's about themes. 
Uh, the themes are the garden lore, um, those kind of old wives' tales, that folklore that you hear, and we kind of um, tell you what's fact and what's fiction. So it's kind of nice to um, go in knowing that this is true and this isn't. So Now, there are so many gardening books, and it can be hard to know what is a good one. I My son is really into houseplants, so I have spent a lot of time looking for books for him, and it gets a little overwhelming. I mean, you can look at something, and you can see that it's beautiful, but you don't know if it's useful. So how do you find the right books to gift to somebody, Erin? Well, I, I, I kind of divide gardening books up into a few categories. They're the reference books. So the ones that are really great when you want to know something very specific and you can get to it. And, and there are a lot of really wonderful kind of gardening reference books out there. Sometimes they're called like the Vegetable Garden Bible or those kinds of things. But they can be really nice um, uh, kind of ways to uh, learn something when you when you need it the most. I also um, like a lot of, there's a lot of gardening books out there that are meant to inspire or uh, teach you about something new. And those can be really nice gifts. So uh, one example is there's some really wonderful books about square foot gardening. Mm -hmm. And that's something that many gardeners have heard, but maybe haven't tried yet. And that would be a great opportunity what to gift something. What does that mean? Square foot gardening is kind of this idea of, um, it's related to vegetable gardening. It's kind of this idea of dividing up your garden rather into rows, but into blocks and um, utilizing those blocks to help organize and rotate your vegetable crops uh, throughout the year. And it's a, it's a slightly different approach. It has a lot of positives and um, it can be really great for certain certain vegetable gardens out mm -hmm. there. And so uh, gifting a book that tells you all about that is might be just the uh, kind of motivation uh, the gift receiver needs to try something new that they've been curious about. All right. And you also put a few funny ones on the list. Oh, I know. The funny ones are... T I, I got a book one time. It was called 50 Ways to Kill a Slug. And it... <laughs> And it's it's kind of a cross between like a kind of like a coffee table book or like a little side table book that's kind of funny that somebody might pick up. But it also has actual ways to kill slugs in it, too. So oh, useful. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just it's got cute illustrations in it. It's small. That would be a stocking stuffer. It's just kind of a fun little book. And any others that uh, deserve mention? I really also enjoy the coffee table books with mm -hmm. garden pictures in them. So uh, they're great for inspiration. And um, it is the kind of book I wouldn't probably buy for myself. But if somebody gave it to me, I would really appreciate having it and being able to thumb through it and dream and, mm -hmm. and right. hope to visit some of these places someday. All right. And, you know, of course, we there's a lot of kids have made coupons for their parents. Um, and there are a lot of jokes about <laughs> coupon, mm -hmm. coupon gifts. But, Cindy, you're a fan of those promise gifts, the, the I, idea that somebody will help you do something. I, I do. Um, I got a promise gift last year of 100 paving bricks, edging bricks um, from my son, uh, which was really nice. nice. And yeah, it was really great. We, we went and picked it up um, in, in Mother's Day. Um, and then uh, I think he helped me edge the beds for about that weekend. Hey, that's not bad. Um, that's not a bad. win. <laughs> I got, I got, you know, fifteen twenty done. I think out of the hundred. So, <laughs> and in the last year, I've gotten more like you know fifty, sixty. So it's it's been it's been a nice uh, promise that I've held him to, um, and we've we've gotten this bed almost edged. It's really nice because it's 
it's a lot of time just spending uh, with someone you care about, right? Um, who's helping you with something that you enjoy. Right. So even though it, sometimes it isn't always an enjoyable process the entire time, um, <laughs> it, it did. It I feel did like work. we really need to break this down, Cindy. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, I really love the promise gifts because I do get to spend some time with someone I enjoy right. and appreciate. Mm -hmm. the, the only trick with those promise gifts is mm -hmm. you actually have to follow through, right? This is true. This is true. And I held him to it. So. Nice. Nice. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm talking with Cindy Haynes, professor of horticulture at Iowa State University, Aaron Style, Iowa State University Extension, horticulture specialist. For more gardening information and tips, please subscribe to our Garden Variety newsletter. Find out more at iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. Support for IPR comes from Des Moines Metro Opera, whose 2024 season features The Barber of Seville, Zalame, Peleus and Melisande, and American Apollo, June 28th through July 21st. Tickets available now at DesMoinesMetroOpera.org. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR. It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. Today is Horticulture Day, the final Horticulture Day of 2022. And we've been talking so far about gift ideas for the gardeners and plant lovers in your life, or maybe some ideas for you to put on your own wish list now or for any other gift-giving time of year. You can also call with your questions about the plants and trees in your life. 866-780-9100 is the number you can send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. You can also call and tell us about the best gardening gifts you've ever given or received. We love to hear your stories and your suggestions. Again, that number 866-780-9100. You can email talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. With me today, Cindy Haynes, professor of horticulture at Iowa State University, and Aaron Style, Iowa State University Extension horticulture specialist. And I do want to tell you guys about about an idea that I have. And this is, I'm really nervous about this. This is the only gift this year that I have yet to take on, but I think it's a very good idea. It may spectacularly fail, but uh, I told you that my son is really into houseplants and a wonderful man, uh, historian Michael Zoss, gave him a couple of years ago now a cutting from a plant that is the offspring of the plant that Grant Wood's mother was holding in wow. the painting Woman with Plants. And wow. it's, it's a Sansevieria or a mm -hmm. snake plant. It's doing very well. And so I want to make it a pot that speaks to its origin. So oh, nice. I'm going to give decoupage a try, which oh, I sweet. have never done before. <laughs> um, but there are lots and lots of videos online. So I'm going to print off, you know, pictures of that painting and get a terracotta plot pot and, and use the whole glue thing. And hopefully it'll work. But I also have to say that looking around online about this... A lot of people do this, not necessarily mm -hmm. with uh, printed off photos, but they do it with fancy napkins. 
So oh, you know oh. how when you have like a you know a party and you buy the the fancy napkins that might have flowers on them or some kind of great design, they do gay decoupage on pots with those, and they're beautiful. It hmm. sounds fantastic and a great way to use up those leftover napkins. <laughs> right. I mean, you have to buy the pots. It's not like, right, you right. know. <laughs> but, but it also seems like it looked pretty easy. I'll tell you mm-hmm. if it's easy or not later. Um, but it looked pretty easy. And I thought that would be a great craft project with a child, perhaps, mm-hmm. to create pots for something. I don't know. Yeah, it would be. And I, I feel like if you give this container to him that I need to see a picture of okay. him replicating this painting with this plant and pot. <laughs> you are correct, you Aaron. Thank you. That is a very, very good suggestion. All right. I, I just hope I pull it off. I have no idea when I'm going to do it, and I don't know how I'm going to hide it while I'm doing it. So I wow. do have some challenges in my way, but... Tis the season, right? You can you can do it. We we have faith in you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you can, you can join our conversation 866-780-9100. 866-780-9100. Email talk of Iowa at iowapublicradio.org. Uh, here's a question from Rachel in Orange City. Can I start an oak tree from an acorn in the spring? You can, although for many of the, it depends on what kind of oak. Some of the oaks, most of the oaks need some kind of stratification or cold period or cold treatment. And so planting the acorn in the fall is usually more successful um, than planting it in the spring. And um, the other thing to keep in mind is that a lot of acorns are not viable. Um, and mm-hmm. so uh, one of the easiest ways to figure out if they're a viable uh, seed or not is to just put them in a bucket of water. The ones that float are no good. Um, the ones that sink to the bottom um, you can plant. Um, I don't think much, I don't know about Northwest Iowa, but the soils are just starting to freeze now. Yeah. So um, you could do that. You could also um, put them in uh, the refrigerator. So wrap them in like a moist paper towel, put them in a bag that's slightly closed, and then stick it in your refrigerator. That's perfect temperatures. Check on it every once in a while. Make sure it doesn't dry out completely. Uh, also to make sure that it doesn't form mold. Um, and then in the spring, it will have had the cold treatment that it needs to plant out probably in mid-April, mm-hmm. about that time. All right. I've, so you're I've, saying, yes, you can do it, but you have to start oh, yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, you have to start now. And I've also done it where I've just planted the acorns, several acorns that I knew were viable in a container and left them in my garage uh, for the winter that stays at about 40, uh, 45, maybe above freezing, um, and then uh, planted them out in spring. Sometimes acorns will uh, start to root, but they won't completely come out, Mm -hmm. you know, so they might um, start to emerge just a little bit, um, but they really don't germinate until after they have this two months of uh, cold temperatures. So, yeah, another another way to do it. But yes, you can't wait till spring. You have to start something now. All right. And but it's not too late to start something Mm -hmm. now because, okay, the cold, the cold doesn't have to go all winter long like it does in nature. (laughs) No, it's usually about eight, maybe 12 weeks. Right. Okay. 866-780-9100 is the number to call. We've got a couple of lines open for you right now. 866-780-9100. And again, you can send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. This person says, I plan to order 
Very soon, bare root strawberries for a new mm-hmm. herb spiral design bed made with bricks that I'm building in a demo area. I know not a preferred planting approach. It is an experiment. My question is about plant selection. I'm thinking about purchasing 25 bare root Ozark beauty plants. Opinions on my cultivar selection and the bed design are appreciated. Mm. This is serious stuff. This is serious. And what is he planting again? Ozark beauty. Okay. Strawberries. Yeah. So is that an everbearing? I feel like Ozark berry. Yeah. I think it I is. Think it's so, and I think an everbearing might be a good one for this one or or maybe even a day neutral uh type strawberry. My guess is in this particular design we worry a little bit about overwintering potential. Um and if there's enough soil in this kind of spiral design that the strawberries overwinter well. And our June bearing strawberries we usually plant in the ground where we know there's plenty of soil so that they overwinter well. And then we move to the more ever-bearing uh, types for those that we might replant every year. Um, so that may be the issue is that, yes, this is a great one. It's an ever-bearing, means it'll produce fruit um, throughout the season, not just all at one time. But the overwintering issue may appear and, and you may not get uh, good overwintering depending on the design of this. Sounds really cool. Uh, designs of this kind of spiral design. Um, I want I want to see pictures. Yeah. When it's planted. Yeah. Sounds cool. Good luck. Mm-hmm. 866-780-9100 is the number to call. Again, you can share your great gift ideas or things that you have loved to receive in the past. That's what Pat has done by emailing talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. Pat says, one of my favorite garden tools is called a weed bandit, a handle with Mm. a metal loop that is the best for hand weeding around plants. Are you guys Mm. familiar with that one? You know, I have not heard about the weed bandit, but one of the things, uh, there are so many different kind of styles um, of weeders out there. Mm-hmm. And most gardeners have one that they kind of prefer over another. My favorite type of weeder is what's sometimes called the dandelion digger or the fishtail we- weeder because it has a little knot. It's a long kind of um, long tool that has a little notch at the end of it so you can kind of get down and pull. That's my favorite. But there are lots of other kinds too. Right. And so they make nice gifts because I don't want to experiment on my dime. But if somebody gives me, <laughs> if somebody gives me a tool that I don't have and it may turn out to be my my new favorite so uh that's a great opportunity uh a gift opportunity yeah and that is one of the challenges of giving a diehard gardener a gift is because you don't know what's hiding in their tool Mm -hmm. shed right (laughs) and you probably don't want to know no you don't (laughs) want to know (laughs) so if if there's somebody in your life like the two of you, who is a very experienced gardener, what kinds of places would you rather have a gift card from if somebody doesn't want to make that bet that you don't own that thing? I really enjoy uh, gift cards from local Mm -hmm. greenhouses and nurseries. And mostly because um, it, it gives me an excuse to go and shop there. Um, and in the spring, it is, I mean, it's a lot of fun to go oh, plant like, shopping. Oh, it's like a candy store. Yeah. yeah, and so it gives me an excuse. And especially if it's a, a newer place that maybe I haven't had a chance to visit yet or um, if it's the kind of place that maybe I wouldn't normally shop at because, um, I don't know, they don't, they're not near, like, right next door or mm. they, they don't carry the plants that I usually think about buying. And so it gives me an opportunity. It gives me motivation to go try something new, which I think is always 
really nice. And and a, a local garden center has all the new plants. And that's the one thing a gardener never says no to is more plants. <laughs> right. Um, right. So and, and a lot of these garden centers, too, have the tools that we might try or experiment with or yeah it's just a, it's a lot of fun and and I, I guess my local garden center has those crazy t-shirts too that are fantastic <laughs> mm-hmm. as well right. so yeah I think you can't go wrong with with a, a gift certificate to a local garden center well and that is the trick this time of year of course it's not the growing season and that's what gardeners mm-hmm. always want it's plants mm-hmm. and so it is plants mm-hmm. it's hard to give plants this time of year so a, a gift card makes a lot of sense um here's a question about what kind of plants to give as gifts to people who are just getting into maybe house plants or getting into gardening. Obviously, this is not the time of year to give them plants to plant outside. But if somebody, you want to give somebody a house plant and they're a real novice, what would you give? That that Sansevieria, that snake plant um, that your son has, is one that's really tough and really durable. And there's a lot of variety in in this one, so a lot of color, a lot of sizes as well. So this is a good one to kind of start off with. And it's really hard to kill, so it's a good one for <laughs> That's why novice. this plant has mm-hmm. been able to be passed down through right. generations, right? Right, right. So, I mean, that's that's a good one to start off with. There's some other good ones, too. Airplane plant and spider plant are pretty easy and good, too. And Aaron's thinking of a couple of others I yeah see. the other one it's it's nothing like some of the house plants but they're really fun is an amaryllis mm-hmm. so it's really easy to gift it's uh because you know it's just a big big bulb in a box um but you plant those and they bloom and uh it can be a really fun project for a, a young gardener too or or kids or grandkids because it is so showy when it comes into bloom they're relatively inexpensive they're really easy to find this time of year so right. um that can be a lot of fun the other thing i would recommend is that if you are going to gift like a house plant or something like that um add into it and pot it up in a nice container mm-hmm. um i know i struggle Personally, I struggle buying really nice containers for my houseplants, but when I have one, I'm always really appreciative of it. And so, um, you know, having somebody not only gift me this wonderful plant, but a beautiful container um, that it's planted in um, is a nice gesture. Or may- just the beautiful container is also a great oh, yeah. gift, right? <laughs> right, it is. And maybe maybe it's something you do together. So here's a plant I'm giving you and here's a container. Let's pot it up together. So that's a great way to kind of um, mentor someone in gardening. You can call with your questions or your suggestions for great gardening gifts. 866-780-9100 is the number to call. 866-780-9100. You can also send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. Speaking of gifts for, with kids in mind. You talked about the amaryllis, and that I've done those for my kids every year. They love them. One of my kids is into plants. The other one is not, but she loves them anyway because they're foolproof, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful, and there's always this little competitive thing going on, you know, <laughs> like who's is biggest and who got two blooms and got one, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but other ideas for maybe for parents who have young kids that could do some sort of planting or gardening project together? You know, one of the things that um, I have always really enjoyed is, um, well, actually, there's two There's two things. There's there's a lot of kind of like seed starting kits, especially mm-hmm. like herb garden, mm-hmm. um, indoor herb garden seed starting kits. 
And what I love about these is they become a project that you can do, um, you know, in a, on a snowy January day um, after the holidays have passed. And they come with all the materials that you need. Um, and it, it's really easy for um, them to kind of plant the seed. And it's a nice kind of fun project to do with them. The other thing I think is fun is along the same lines is to pull together like a little terrarium kit. Mm -hmm. So this would be, um, you know, some kind of uh, terrarium, whether it's an official terrarium or if it's something that you're repurposing into a terrarium, like a glass canister or a large jar, um, and then providing, you know, the, the things that they need, the drainage layer, a little bit of charcoal, the potting soil, a few plants, maybe something fun like ornamentation wise, like a little geode or some marbles or something like that to add to it. And then it can become a fun project to do together or a fun project for them to work on um, and then have uh, from from you. Yeah. Um, here's a, a suggestion from Caitlin. I have a brown thumb, but last year I got a gift membership to the Des Moines Botanical Gardens and oh, nice. loved it. I'll probably steal the idea and give it to someone else this year. Uh, I know we've talked about that in past years, but that is such a great suggestion. Well, it's it's such a great suggestion because we have so many wonderful public gardens in Iowa. So there's there's one near you mm -hmm. that you can give a gift membership and it may you may not be actually caring for plants. You may be walking and appreciating plants or going to a workshop at the botanical garden or a public garden. So it's it's a lot of fun to have that connection to plants even when you don't think you're very good with plants. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and, and a lot of the organizations that run those public gardens or arboretums, mm -hmm. they're doing a lot of good work and a lot of them are nonprofit. So, I mean, even if it's something where you don't think the person will go that often, maybe they'll only go a couple of times, that membership is still making a difference, right? It is. It's it's making a big difference. And Erin mm -hmm. can attest to this after working at Ryman Gardens. Um, it does make a big difference in all of the things that they provide for their local community. And it's more than just having a beautiful showcase or place. They're, they're doing a lot of other outreach and uh, community benefits as well. And I... Uh... Just in the last few years, we've started visiting public gardens in places where we go. It just kind of mm -hmm. hadn't been on the radar for a long time. So if somebody's going to be traveling somewhere, maybe a gift certificate to uh, a, like the Morton Arboretum outside uh -huh. of Chicago, that kind of place, which I was just blown away visiting oh. there. Yes. Um, I mean, there have to be places like that all over, right? There are. And a lot of public gardens are part of a program of reciprocity when it comes to memberships. And so sometimes if you buy a membership to a local garden, it can also help either mm -hmm. reduce or give admission to a garden while you're traveling, too. It depends on if they're participating in the program, but it can have a big reach, especially um, if you're the kind of person that, like myself, that always visits a garden <laughs> when they're traveling. <laughs> me, me too. And they're often members of the American Public Gardens Association. So you can go online and find out if a friend is going to, you know, the Chicago area. Um, you can find all of these gardens there and say, okay, this is kind of cool. Maybe you should visit here. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in just a moment. Aaron Style, Iowa State University Extension Horticulture Specialist, is here. Cindy Haynes, Professor of Horticulture at Iowa State University. You are welcome to join the conversation. 866-780-9100 is the number to call or email talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. This is Talk of Iowa. 
I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. It's Horticulture Day today. You are welcome to join the conversation with your questions. 866-780-9100 is the number to call. You can also send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. With me today, Aaron Style, Iowa State University Extension Horticulture Specialist, and Cindy Haynes, Professor of Horticulture at Iowa State University. And uh, you can also join not just with your questions about the plants and trees in your life, but if you want to share a wonderful gardening-related or plant-related gift that you've received in the past or one that you've given, we'd love to hear your suggestions. 866-780-9100 is the number to call. And we've got a question here from Don and Fayette. I have access to a set-aside acreage on a hilltop that is exposed to wind. Is a hilltop less desirable habitat for propagating milkweed as compared to prairies, lawns, and ditches? I don't know that it's inherently worse. There are certain species of milkweed that would probably prefer like a ditch, you know, swamp right. milkweed and those right. kinds of things because they like wetter conditions. But um, I would say most milkweeds need that kind of good, well-drained soil, and the hilltop would probably be fine. It might be a great place to scatter seed because mm. uh, a windy windy hilltop um, uh, it might just be fine. I think it's more dependent probably on the soil on that hilltop than it is actually if it's windy or not. And many prairies are on hilltops, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and, and all hilltops in Iowa are windy. So. Right. <laughs> so everywhere. are the valleys. Yeah, so right. everywhere in Iowa is windy. Yes, this is true. All right. Sounds like you're in good shape, Don. Um, Marie says, we are just moving into a house in Dubuque that has rose bushes. They were not trimmed this fall. Should we trim them now or wait until spring? If we should wait, when in the spring should we trim them? Yeah, definitely wait until the spring to trim uh, those rose uh, shrubs and wait until they just start breaking bud because almost all roses, even those that are winter hardy here in Iowa will have some winter dieback. And so you'll wait until you start to see new growth come out and then prune back to those areas. And then if it's still too much, you can take a little bit more out if you really want to. But um, you don't know because these are new roses, you're not sure exactly how much is going to die back. Um, And so waiting until spring when they just break bud and then pruning at that time is your best, best bet. All right. 866-780-9100 is the number for you to call with your questions or your gift suggestions. You can also email talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. Marilee says, I had one of my grandchildren get very excited about a microgreen kit and Mm -hmm. really enjoyed growing food that would be used in their family salads. Yeah, microgreens are so easy to grow. And this is another good kid idea because they're really fast. Um, so unlike some herb seeds that you start to grow, you might take a couple of weeks for it to germinate. Microgreen seeds usually germinate in like five days or less. You you can almost see them grow. And the whole project's done in like two weeks. It is. So it, it's good for the short attention span, too. It, it, it is. <laughs> it is. And then it also gets them to try different things because some of these microgreens are... Uh, very much kind of tastes like lettuce, and some of them are a little more arugula, a little spicy, and then you can get some red ones and some yellow ones. So you can do a nice 
microgreens kit. You want to buy seed that is specific for microgreens. And um, it's just a lot of fun. And it's something you can do every week for a month and have microgreens that you can eat or add to salads uh, for a month after that. It's kind of it's a lot of fun. Nice. It's a great mm-hmm. idea. Um, Chad says, I can never have too many mason bee houses for pollinators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> we know what Chad wants for the holidays this year. <laughs> Good uh, idea. Yeah. And those are those are really fun, too. We didn't talk about um, not necessarily just mason bee houses, but some of those fun little add-on tchotchkes that people do like to put in their garden or in their landscape. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that can be the kind of thing that you wouldn't necessarily buy yourself, but you might really really like to get from somebody else, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I've noticed uh, in a lot of the catalogs and and, and stores that uh, that uh, some of these tchotchkes, things like wind chimes mm-hmm. or kind of yard stakes, and, and a lot of them are solar powered with lights in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's kind of nice uh, in your garden in the evening. And, you know, most of us, if we're working, we spend more time in our gardens in the evening. So that can be a really nice... Uh, addition. Nice. I, I recently saw a garden sculpture that was Sean the Sheep. I've never wanted a garden <laughs> sculpture before, but now, now I want. I love that. that. I love that. So. I love that. <laughs> you never, you never know when something's going to click, right? This is true. Uh, we have a question from Jimmy, but I also want to mention you can call us 866-780-9100. 866-780-9100. You can send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. Jimmy says, about seven years ago, my son gave me a membership to Seed Savers Exchange in Decorah. Mm -hmm. I sometimes wonder how good this was because after attending several of their campouts and conferences, it made me think that my addiction to gardening was normal. (laughs) (laughs) It is normal. It is normal, Jimmy. Just, yeah. Just lean into it. Right. Exactly. I, I think Jimmy has. All right. And he, he does have a question for you, too. He says, by the way, I planted three acorns each in nine of those four-inch tree pots and put them in a cage to keep the squirrels out outside mm-hmm. on the north side of a shed. They're probably frozen now. What are my chances of seeing a few of them sprout? It depends on how protected those containers are. Right. Typically, if we want to overwinter something in a container, we're going to put it in a space that, uh, like a garage that doesn't get too crazy cold, but doesn't get warm either. Um, I prefer to bury the containers um, because a lot of times I have a hard time controlling the temperature in a place right. like an unheated garage, and it might get way colder than I anticipate or way warmer than I want it to uh, during the season. And so you have to protect that kind of soil mass and root zone in those tiny containers that soil will will freeze real hard <laughs> real solid and right. can be really rough on the on the acorn right if it's in a protected location and it's probably too cold the soil's probably too frozen to plant it you might just try um, piling up some leaves and some other uh, debris yeah. around in that area just to kind of protect it a little bit more or a straw bale would work too yeah even a straw bale um, mm-hmm. that would be a good idea uh, and i I suspect you would still find um, that with a little bit of protection um, and it's early enough in the season, they probably just froze, uh, that you would get one or two out of each of those pots that germinate in the spring. So oh, mm-hmm. oaks, even as an acorn, are pretty tough. So um, just protect that, that root ball just a little bit, that um, uh, frozen soil just a little bit. So kind of keep it right at freezing. That's ideal so it doesn't go down any, any colder. 
All right. Good luck with that, Jimmy. You can call us with your questions, 866-780-9100. You can send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. You can also tell us what's on your gift wish list that relates to plants or the best gardening gift you've ever received. We would love to hear your stories. 866-780-9100. Email talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. And um, I was just having a conversation with my parents about the little trees that get sold in stores yeah. this time mm-hmm. of year. And they were trying to decide, um, and I'm sure that none of my nephews listen, so <laughs> they were trying to decide what kind of small Christmas tree they should get for some kids that, that would become a houseplant. Or my mom was hoping to have something that would that they could plant outside. And I don't think that's really an option. But you guys tell me. I mean, there are so many varieties of these sort of mini Christmas trees this time mm-hmm. of year. There are. And I can think of the Norfolk Island Pine, which is one that would be a house plant that works really well as a Christmas tree this time of the year. Um, that that would be a good one. Sometimes you can find those smaller evergreens in a container. Um, the problem is you have to plan ahead when you actually think about a, a little fir or a little spruce or mm-hmm. even a little arborvitae. Um, because they are a tree that needs to be outside. Um, and I don't know that, well, I I have some luck in overwintering them in my garage mm-hmm. um, after Christmas. But ideally, you're supposed to have the hole planted um, and that you plant it and take it outside as soon as you can, um, you know, after the, the holidays so that it's kind of getting established if possible, yeah. Outside. The hard part about having these live trees indoors is that they don't—they either break dormancy or they mm-hmm. don't go fully dormant, and they do need a dormancy period. Right. And so, if you shuttle them outside in January after right. they've just lived a luxurious life indoors, right? Um, they usually have so much shock that uh, they die. Right. And so, the hard part about this is you either have to have a tree that wasn't in in the store that was out in the garden center, like outside. And, and it's only in your house for maybe a week, maybe 10 days, and then you can put it outside. Um, or you have to find a really nicely protected area like okay, Cindy's cool. garage right. <laughs> um, that will stay warm enough that um, it doesn't cause damage to those buds that have not fully gone dormant. But it's cool enough to allow the plant to safely get into dormancy um, and then planted in the spring. So they're tricky. They are absolutely tricky. And sometimes it's best to buy them and treat them like you would a poinsettia right. um, and just have them for the season. And then maybe it'll make it, maybe it won't, but you're not you know, anticipating that it's going to become uh, a beautiful evergreen in 50 right. years. Right. I just might switch back to that Norfolk Island pine that becomes a house plant that stays inside. Yeah. A topiary rosemary yeah. is yeah. really nice, too. Sometimes you can find those. They're trimmed into a little cone shape, and they look really nice, and they smell good, too. Mm. Well, and, and we've talked about this so many times on the show that a lot of us have a hard time letting a plant go, but a lot mm-hmm. of the plants that you do see that are seasonal or holiday plants right. are not meant to last forever. They're not. So the Take that amaryllis that's waxed, right? That bulb is waxed. It's it's meant to be enjoyed while it's in bloom and then pitched later on. So it is a no-care kind of houseplant for that two or three weeks that it's in your home. With almost um, assured success. Almost assured success. So, that, I mean, that's, that's a gift in and of itself. It is. <laughs> and that, a poinsettia can be the same thing. So it's okay to have these kind of temporary 
plants in your home. It's okay. And it supports your local garden center. <laughs> right. Let's go to the phones. Amanda is on the line at 866-780-9100 in Des Moines. Hi, Amanda. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, okay, so I'm looking at kind of a year-round growing lettuce or microgreens experience indoor. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what your advice is on the most like nutrient-dense experience to grow right so if you're if you're going to do this and you're going to do this all winter and year round um you're you might want to think about a a hydroponic setup even uh for for lettuce or um some small kind of leafy greens Uh, microgreens are super easy in just uh flats um and that's a lot of microgreens Uh, but if you're wanting the full-fledged lettuce and radish and other things then um, there are these kind of hydroponic kits that are kind of nice things to start off with. And then the nutrients are all in the water um, and you kind of cycle the water and you aerate the water. And it's it's a fairly expensive thing to start with, um, but become something that can be uh, very productive over several months. So that might be something to check out. Otherwise, um, you're looking at um, rotating with uh, containers and soils and setting up some lights as well, especially for the winter, um, and just kind of perfecting that okay. system based on where you're wanting to grow it. Now, what are what are your hopes, Amanda? Okay. Well, you know, like really um, a, mostly nutrient density. So my concern with the hydroponics, and I haven't done the research, so that's why I'm curious mm-hmm. about it, was that I was nervous that if it's not in a soil – Mm-hmm. Is it going to get the same sort of like, um, you know, vitamin, mineral mix, um, okay. magnesium, those sorts of um, things? Right. right. So I, I don't know. So that's what so, I'm curious about because I'm yeah. looking at both systems. Right. So if you're growing in a soilless mix, which is what we grow most things in, uh, in a greenhouse, um, they often have a starter fertilizer. So they have the nutrients that most things need. You might have to add some additional fertilizer. Um, as well, a liquid fertilizer, complete fertilizer is usually sufficient. Um, if you're talking lettuce and some of these other kind of leafy greens, we don't, they're not a long crop. So that starter fertilizer that comes with um, your soil might be enough. The hydroponic system, oh. however, is that, you know, it's all kind of laid out. Every nutrient is in there. Um, and it's something that you just kind of recycle and rotate through. Um, so it's kind of manufactured for this type of system, but yeah, it, it can be a little tricky in trying to figure it out. And I think you just have to play around with it and start small and, and field test some things to see how it works for you and your location and, and how much you want to actually produce. Well, and I was going to ask you that too, Amanda, how, how much are you hoping to produce? Because of course that's a, <laughs> that, that's the big question of, you know, you can keep it going, but if it's just a little bit, that may not be worth the effort, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty extensive uh, consumer, and uh, my kids are too, and so I'm just now thinking I should probably just move away from store-bought and start growing mm-hmm. in the hopes that I can get a similar quantity, but better nutrient density is kind of my hope. 
Yeah, especially knowing that, you'll probably want to also look into supplemental light um, mm-hmm. uh, to get the amount of production you need um, to kind of replace what you're what you're buying right now um, would would definitely require more light than you can get through the average window this mm-hmm. time of year. Right. Um, and so, and okay. many, many of the kits include those lights too. And if you're interested in like the amount of nutrients that are in the plant um, and whether you can produce stuff, uh, there are a lot of factors that play into that. The new, the, the genetics of the plant play a big role in right. that too. So things like spinach and other things are going to be more nutrient dense than things like lettuce, of course. Um, but many of these systems, um, uh, the difference in nutrients is probably not going to be n- that noticeable or right. like that uh, significant. So um, you certainly have a lot of other benefits growing it yourself, including you know exactly what went into it. You know that you know there wasn't any chemicals sprayed on it. The, some of those kind of nice benefits of growing things like leafy greens in your own home uh, that you don't get from things you buy in the store. Amanda, thank you so much for the call, and good luck. It sounds like you are well on your way. And I'm just going to read one more email, and then we are out of time. But Mary says, I bought a fir tree 20 years ago that a local nursery offered as a live Christmas tree, and it's now at least 20 feet tall and gotten compliments from arborists. It is planted in a nicely drained spot with plenty of sun, and it is great. Oh, good choice. Yeah, that nicely drained location is one of the keys to success with those evergreens. (laughs) Nice. That's what they need. Mary, thanks a lot for sending that. And Aaron Style, thank you so much. You're welcome. Cindy Haynes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays to both of you. Cindy Haynes is a professor of horticulture at Iowa State University. Aaron Style, Iowa State University Extension Horticulture Specialist. They'll be back, of course, with Horticulture Day in 2023. This is Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe.